This is the first of a two-part special feature paying homage to the iconic Bunny Whaler. The life and legacy of Bunny Whaler may not have been as publicized as it should have been. He may not have received all the accolades he deserved, but without a doubt, he was a true legend. There's a land that I Born Neville O'Reilly Livingston in Kingston, Jamaica. I grew up in Kingston partially for a while and then I went to live in St. Anne. That's where I actually met Bob and, and I came forward to Kingston afterwards and I actually am living in Kingston from that time on. Bunny Whaler was a founding member of the iconic Whalers group. Bunny Whaler, also commonly called Jabi, was a pillar of reggae music and a well-respected icon of the Jamaican music scene. The Whalers truly became one for the books, and so did Jabi. Trenchtown is responsible for a lot, of, a lot of talented people. And as far as music was concerned, all different sorts of music was played in Trenchtown, from religious to calypso, really brought out some good artists, you know, like Alton and Eddie. Bob started before the Whaler. He came from the country with this idea about music. I don't know if it was that which I left him with a legacy. Came to Kingston with this idea about singing, 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 singing. While I was attending Camperdown High School, he was learning the same welding trade at South Camp Road, a place called Millard Welding Plant or something like that. And Desmond Decker was also learning trade at the same place. And Desmond Decker was already familiar with going to the studios because he sang a song called Honey, Mother, Angel, Father, that you Desmond. That song was a number one. And other that now, Desmond wanted Bob to be, you know, encourage him to be because he was singing the air, two of them are singing for them one another. So them like, for them one another here, both them one another. He encouraged Bob now to come do a song for Beverly's, which Bob did a song called Judge Not, using the name Bobby, Mar Bobby Martell. Young Jabi spent his earliest years in Nine Miles, St. Anne, where he later met Bob Marley as a toddler. The boys became fast friends, sharing many similarities, including coming from one-parent families. Bunny Whaler grew up with his father, while Bob was raised by his mother. Living in Kingston for maybe up until the age of about seven, eight, and it so happens that the same school that Bob attended, Stephanie, elementary school was the same school that I would attend and attended at the time so we met as students you know, and um, out of that we exchanged all different cultures as students we became friends. Both Marley and Bunny's parents together moved their families to Kingston in 1952. The two boys who would become some of reggae's mega heavyweights met up with another pair of deeply talented youngsters, Peter Tosh and Junior Brathwaite. When the group was 
being recruited. The Whalers was being recruited. I happened to be at a spot, I think it was close to a gambling table, when he was passing and joined the gambling and I was there watching him, you know, this tall character wearing a beach shirt, you know, those days he had some shirts that was very tall, so he had it was tight and he wore a bar trunk with a, with a beach. So I was there watching him and playing his little dice thing and thing. Till someone was passing with a guitar and that person didn't seem to know much about the guitar, but they had a guitar. I said to the person, you know anything about that? No, now learn. I said, let me there. Cloud come down and say, give him man the guitar and think. Because Trent Young is a music place in a song. It's tall man. Where could I come know about? Where are him there? Where are him there? Because music town him there. The power these youngsters would later hold in the music scene was unpredictable given their circumstances, but certainly not surprising. The brother gave me guitar and tune the guitar and start singing a song. Go tell it on the mountain. I said to him, said, listen man, you need food. You want to be in a group? Said, yeah. What do you mean? No. So I said, all right, come with me. I'm going to go over the 9 over 19 Second Street. That's where me and Bob live. But we were right under this big guinea tree. Can't stay out. Bob was there and Junior was there and we start rehearse immediately because we had a little guitar but we never knew much about it. So Peter now was the one, the guitarist in the group. We start play the songs and we are asking and play them good and so we didn't have a problem now to rehearse because we had the good instrumentation having Peter now. As destiny would have it, the four boys joined forces with backing singers Cherry Green and Beverly Kelso. As a group, they were called the Teenagers. The band's name would change several times before they finally settled on The Wailers. After the group's successful audition with renowned producer Cox and Dodd in 1963, the Whalers' career took off immediately after the release of their first classics. Simmer down! When we went to Cox and after Seiko introduced us, but Simmer Down was a track that I used to really emphasize on in our rehearsals, but Robert never too liked the track because it was a nursery rhyme, you know. Old time people used to say he was sweet nanny goat. I go, him feel like, you know, we should have started a more creative type of song where no one never really hear yet. So he never really choose about Simmer Down. So after we sang the three first song, I said to him, let's do Simmer Down. And him frown. So I said, let's do Simmer Down. And Coxie hear me and him a converse and say, Simmer Down, let me hear Simmer Down. Ram Peter goes up, blam with the guitar. And it's simmer down. As the industry, don't sing another line. Come tomorrow morning. Not long after, Bob Marley left Jamaica to seek work in the United States, and three male whalers and one lone female whaler, Beverly Kelso, were left to their own devices. By 1973, the Whalers were patently untouchable 
becoming the biggest reggae band in Jamaica on the verge of an international breakthrough. But it was also the year that things took a turn. What was happening then was we were making good records. We were making number one records for Coxon. But Coxon were not treated, was not treating the wheelers with the justice that the wheelers should be treated with as far as the returns that were made from them recordings there and our economical position was, I would say, depraved in, you know, in comparison to what it would have been now if we were making those recordings and making number one. So, Bob Marley never feel good about it. So she decided to take him with, to America because she was in America at the time. It is said the tension between the members was running hot before Bunny Whaler decided he wouldn't accompany the group on their next tour to the U.S. After committing years to the development of the Whalers, before the end of 1973, the group was no more. As soon as we met, we became friends. And that friendship never ended. We have never quarreled. Never quarreled. Myself and Robert. Mr. Marley. Bunny decided to pursue his solo career and went on to launch his own record label titled Solomonic. Both his label and debut solo single Searching for Love were launched in that same year. Jabi would go on to spend the rest of his life in an active and shifting solo career that produced Roots reggae masterpieces with a slew of Grammy-winning records throughout the 90s. After releasing his debut track with the opening of his new label Solomonic, the next year saw four more singles, Trot On, Lifeline, Arab's Oil Weapon, which was credited to the Whalers, and Pass It On. This program was written by Abigail Wilson and produced by Norman Marsh. Join us next time for part two, as we reflect on the life and work of Bunny Whaler, a.k.a. Jabi. If you'd like to hear this program again, visit cool97fm.com and click on podcasts.